Six Semper Tyrannis. There are many great moments in Rome, the HBO BBC TV series made in 2005, 2007. Speculations, of course, it's fiction. But the moment that jolted me watching last night was when Caesar elevates or makes Lucius Verinus a senator. Caesar's reasons are kind of convoluted, especially if you were a Republican back then. Verinus has done something heroic and is very popular with the people, therefore, but has disobeyed Caesar's and the Senate's orders in his heroism. He should be executed, but the people would disapprove, so Caesar himself rewards him with a senatorship. Verinus is of the plebs. He is not of the aristocracy. And the aristocratic senators are furious. Senators are aristocrats, traditionally. There is no constitutional rule in Rome that only aristos can be senators, the rulers of Rome, but it is presumed, it is a norm, it is a history and a tradition. So to be clear, when they kill Caesar to save the Republic from tyranny, they are actually saving a status quo where they hold power and great deal of wealth. Caesar's power threatens theirs, not the people's. It is like claiming we have a democracy, that January the 6th was a, was a threat to our great and sacred democracy. Democracy, republic, rallying cries, symbols, but not really true in the least. I'm not going to bother the arguments here. The terms are as slippery and as potent as freedom. And I'm just saying that Rome, had Rome been a real republic, there would have been no Caesar. And had we a real democracy, there would have been no Trump. My discussion is how powerfully we rally and delude ourselves. Caesar proposed giving non-Italian citizenship, allowing them to cross the border into Italy. And if they serve Rome, they'd be granted citizenship. Sound familiar? Making peace with old enemies. These actions spur on the conspirators in this reading of history, this subjective take to finally assassinate Caesar. So the great cause of Shakespeare's take, like the heroic conspirators killing the incipient tyrant before the snake hatches from the egg, gets a new wrinkle. Caesar is giving power to the people, either in flattery or in genuine egalitarianism, we will never know. He had a very famous charisma and was loved by his common soldiers, may even have preferred them to his, his own class. So just may be, but what has come down to us from the historians and other fiction writers and myth makers is a story of freedom-loving aristocrats. Say that one more time. Freedom-loving aristocrats, risking all to preserve the republic parenthesis, of the people, close parenthesis. This republic was never of the people. It served the seven families of Rome. It was the great classical empire, a dynasty of frankly horrible people disturbed, disturbed to homicide by the reforms of a man they themselves made dictator, a man better than them all from their incestuous ranks himself, who I think felt they felt had betrayed them. I have directed the Shakespeare play, I've been in it, and as usual, he is a flexible artist. The scholars say in their airy way he was writing about regicide, about threats against Elizabeth. Perhaps. I thought it was a great study of masculine envy. I had not considered what the BBC lit up. In American terms, the artistic directors mistake their play. Caesar's not Trump. He's Bernie. There have been a lot of long-faced senators, again, since 1-6-2021. The Senate is still the aristocratic chamber. They may be ordinary folk, but they represent the elite view intentionally. Almost none of the founders were of the people. They were of the same class as the historians who wrote of them so uncritically. January the 6th troubled me because people died and it was a display of rage. It is an unallowable rage. But ask, who needs a tyranny with this kind of democracy? This is a habit of the culture. People do bad things and are condemned and punished. No one asks why. Nothing changes. It is seen as an act, a collective act, as the evidence comes out of evil. Against God's will, the U.S. standing in for God, a habit recently, an attempt to displace the essential goodness of the previous 240 years with a dictatorship. Well, a modern Varinus might ask what was so great about the previous 200 years. The Republic. What? Talk of threats to democracy. 
how a great and glorious past was threatened by a rabble. Trump as Caesar, a great stretch in the tradition of stretches, but mostly that this beautiful, exceptional democracy was seriously threatened on that day. Follow the money, follow the myth needers, the republicanists, the democratists, or follow the egos and who benefits? The aristocrats. We have been weaned on kings and queens. As I read it, monarchs are often very popular with the common folk. Caesar, the English lineage, the oppressed common man rightly reserved their hatred and rebelled against the aristocracy, not the king. The king was a has a holy role promoted by the priesthoods and their scriptures as their protector. The peasants in the rebellion of 1381 came not to, to dethrone Richard II, a 14-year-old boy, but to appeal to him to help them by curbing his lecherous and oppressive aristocracy. Non-monarchic powers, this club, who did in fact remove kings and queens they did not like for their own ends, to preserve their status and place their puppet on the symbolic throne. In other words, monarchs served at the pleasure of the elites. Now, had America had a real democracy and not a political system of sustaining the power elite, enabling the rich to get richer and damn the rest as it was founded, I'd buy the long faces a lot more than the. But the great wealth gap was not a Trump phenomenon. He exacerbated it. He is of the parasite class, but he did not invent it. Had the tide of American progress been progressive over the last few decades, had wealth, health, and rights improved across the board for the workers, the folks, this would all seem more vital and genuine. Samuel Alito was not invented in 2016. He is an old man, vigorous and righteous, who has been hounded by the 60s and 70s of his youth to hanker after theocracy. Not Trump's fault. All these trends, political, come out of the mix of myth and truth that is political life everywhere, from San Diego to John O'Groats. The claims of freedom and equality-loving peoples being perverted by the evil men of populism is just not true. Biblical, yes, but much more complex. Should this midterm go red, there will be much squawking about evil, but no delving for the root of the evil in our own collective delusion of goodness. Success in the culture is an aping of aristocracy. I have no idea why, but there it is. We do not function without the inanity of aristocracy, from shallow materialism to Ivy League pretension. We are indeed Brutus and Cassius, and they fail. The people loved Caesar. Our artists say that he was a tyrant. The BBC HBO presented him as a liberator. This more than cost of production might explain a planned five season becoming two. Plans to cover the Christ story were probably too much for the money people to take. I'm not making a case for emperors or monarchs. I'm making a case for a real democracy, one which does not encourage our thriving elitist aristocratic compulsions. Justify the Senate, the Electoral College, par powers to pardon, the corruptions of the judiciary, the unchecked theocratic motives of its justices, the money in politics in non-elitist terms, and you might have a case for democracy threatened narrative. And had you had one even resembling one for the last 200 years, you'd have had a much more unified society. But the one that created the greatest wealth disparity since the means long before Trump and his WWE were upon us is just not good enough to rally round. Then now comes in battalions, the midterms and fears about crimes and the Republicans ramp up or drag out their Halloween memes, codes are woven in speeches, videos of children rampaging through department stores, which I say, dang, looks like the Capitol riot, but not nearly so violent, and so misread the code entirely, while the coders ignore that crime is born of poverty, at least if not inequality, in which at least we lead the world. But what strikes me, I have a sister lives in Laguna Niguel, in La La Land affluent and Anglo-Saxon, where a 400 grand a year lawyer, ex-husband, ex-brother-in-law engages in criminal behavior. My sister gets stuck at an intersection while the cops have a shootout with a man in a Tesla, disgruntled about the injustice of his life and wife. Then I can see the Republican angle. We all full of rage. Imagine it is aimed at you. I think that buying a gun would demand we imagine we are in danger of being shot. Why? What have you done? Do haters not know they are hated therefore? Surely it goes with the territory. 
same empty part of the brain. If I'm being hunted by the random or the genetically violent all the time, at least someone is paying attention to me. At least I am somebody. I am hated, therefore I am. You must think a lot of yourself that you think people are out to kill you. Or do you know in your bones that had you been done unto that way, you would be a killer? The wealthy man's war against women, culturally assured that she was viable, he bought then assumed. And this is what the creme do, our doctors and lawyers with fictitious lives and livelihoods claiming that the alimony and child support are driving them to bankruptcy. And here we are assuming that all the deadbeat dads live not in Lagunas. So the crime story begins to come clear as, as what it really is. Envy, the poor getting away with something, rumors and conspiracies growing in the fecund bed of crippling insecurity called America. So much freedom necessary to, to be free of fear. Face your fears and save on the ammunition. But no, the diseased make love to the disease. The strange thing about my brother-in-law, he was a very nice guy. His hide side was hidden in American marriage, in nuclear family, in the culture of success that is no success at all. My father might have made millionaire if he hadn't married so often. Marriage and money, as much as you can get. If anger makes for criminals, there it is festering among the Brahmin. We all know it, encounter it, unless I'm just unlucky with encounters of so many failed successes. Why not have a toy for a wife? She's evidence of your merit. Or does she just love you? And you know, probably not because you bought her. It looked good on the invitation, but you knew the deal when you signed it. This is how she is betrothed, wed, and manacled. Those are the terms. And still somehow she ruined your life. The sickness that make the wealthy need wealth. And then it does not feed the fever. There are myriads of fears that make their homes and acquaintance feel like tombs and conversations with ghosts. And Lula wins in Brazil, replacing the seething raging of the other guy. Lula, the second grade graduate. How is that even possible? How will he govern without his predecessor's hatred? Is that even possible? Maybe he doesn't hate or maybe he doesn't govern. Maybe he just participates. A man who learned by being alive. That is just not possible. We have no evidence of any indoctrination at all. How can we attach the algorithms we call civilization to such a one? 